just want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness and and coming out on Sunday nights to work through the material. Um, uh, I hope and I pray that uh, all the material has been a blessing, has been helpful and encouraging to you, um, uh, especially the the homework. Um, uh, obviously, there's a lot of things that I'm sure you could probably go on one point and go home and just hash that out almost all week long, uh, looking through some of that within your own lives. But uh, uh, as far as the homework goes, the pondering the principles, uh, were you able to utilize that well? Was it was it helpful to you? Uh, just to get a, a quick amazing. feedback. That all right, all right. I always appreciate Mark's encouragement. So, yeah. Honestly, I do yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, Mark's written probably uh, a million of those homeworks of pondering the principles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I'm a, sorry, Cindy. I'll, I'll, I'll carry on. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the uh, as far as. Uh, as far as this goes, um, this is not something that I hope uh, is done tonight. You know, you, hopefully you will continue on throughout the rest of this, uh, the remainder of your time, um, to be able to glean from those truths as you uh, pour through the notes and all the other uh, details, maybe things that you've written down from the class. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to look this past week's email that went out, um, on the email there's a link that actually sends you to a, a drive that has all the class notes uh, located on there, and then you can go back and you can access each of the recordings as well. So if there were some that you missed or if there were questions that you have um, that maybe weren't exactly answered or you're not sure about, you're able to go back and get those, or you can contact me anytime. Uh, I'd be happy to uh, to walk through that with you. But tonight we're going to um, uh, go back through just looking at some of these specific questions and um, uh, to be able to focus on the key points. But when it comes to uh, children's ministry, family ministry um, here at TBC, uh, this is something that has been, um, you know, really uh, on my heart and my mind uh, for many years now. Just especially serving uh, in the context of this church, um, desiring to see healthy families grow, so that we're not um, being uh, reactive, uh, but that we are being proactive. And what I mean by that is, you know, uh, we're always going to have issues where families come in and they say, "Hey." You know, this happened, this is going on, I have no idea how to handle it, um, and we're happy to help and minister and shepherd, you know, the families in those moments. But hopefully, as we go down this path of, of beginning to pour more into you, whether that's through family life and, and the Sunday school class, the fellowship group, or Michael's Koinonia class, or any of those times, um, or specific teaching, focused teaching, like these classes on Sunday nights, we're instilling those truths into you so that you're becoming better families, better parents. Um, you're being able to take a course with uh, Jeff and Mark on the intimate marriage and, and growing uh, what, that, what that marriage is supposed to look like and, and, and nurturing that marriage. And, and then you're being taught Romans from Pastor Farrell uh, to bolster your spiritual uh, walk you know, by going back to the fundamental basics of the gospel. And so as you do that, you're becoming a stronger believer. You're becoming a stronger Christian, more like Christ. And then that's going to nurture your relationship with your spouse to grow that relationship. And then ultimately, that's going to pour over into your family as well. And we're going to see healthy families raised up here within our ministry. And, and then 
as a result of that, that's going to reproduce and it's just going to continue to pour out and people are going to say, hey, why do you uh, do this with your children or how do, how do you get your child to respond in the way that they have responded or, or um, you know, I noticed that you were uh, handling this scenario in this specific way. Uh, could you help me or, you know, could you explain to me why you handled that that way? Um, it's going to be very different than most people and so that's why I'm saying we're being proactive uh, rather than reactive and um, not to shed a bad light saying that in the past that has not been done here uh, let me let me uh, go back and preface with that uh, but just to in my own opinion come now and, and try and encourage and help that along the way uh, but as a um, as as we grow and as we uh, develop these truths in, in our in our own lives um, uh, we are going to allow those things to overflow um, outside uh, within the confines of of even our relationships with people within the church and then those relationships that we have with others outside of the church too and those are great opportunities for um, for the gospel for evangelization I mean you uh, many of you have neighbors right yeah and probably neighbors that maybe do not go to church and or neighbors that maybe they're not in a healthy church and so they, they've never heard these things before so allow them to see that testimony and that witness uh, to you know that the Lord would draw them in by those means and I go I go back to where we started even at the beginning of this uh, study and that was the book of James and uh, James uh, James 1 5 if any of you lacks wisdom what let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him so we we do that every day every morning we should we should we should rise up and and recognize who we are finite creatures fallible creatures in need of a savior and in need of a god who has infinite wisdom and desires to share that with each one of us to strengthen uh, who we are to be in Christ. And that's what we're going to do tonight. And so as we get started, I'm going to open with prayer. And then we'll just begin to open up our time of questions uh, going through our sheets. If you um, if you see specific questions that on here that you have been uh, thinking about or considering, I'd like to uh, address that. Uh, so we, we're not going to go in order. If you say, hey, I want to start with number 12 or I want to start with number 8, that's totally fine. So... Let's go ahead and pray, ask the Lord for help and blessing upon this time. Father, you are good. There is, as Pastor Farrell has, has preached and taught us so well uh, these past months, um, past weeks, um, we are, there's none good. Um, we are uh, individuals that have uh, wandered away. Uh, we, have, we are dead in our trespasses and sins, uh, the Bible says, and, and yet... You have come to bring life. You have come to restore life to that which was, uh, was deceased. And, uh, Father, we thank you for that. Uh, we couldn't in our own strength, we couldn't in some other power uh, be renewed and be made new. And, and Lord, that is, that is the same, um, same thing that it, that it is when we, we come to you asking for help. Uh, when it comes to how to love and care for our spouse and then ultimately how to love and care for our children. Lord, we come to you as uh, creatures that once were dead and you, uh, by your grace, have made us alive so that we could then get, begin to trust in you 
and to ask you for the wisdom that only you supply. Thank you for your word that is truth, that that sets us free, that provides all that we need for this life and godliness, uh, that gives us the directions and the instructions um, uh, so that we can um, rightly testify to your work within our children's lives and not all of the faithfulness of, of I've done this and I've done that, but Lord, you are doing this in our children uh, by the means of you utilizing us. Thank you for that grace. Help us to be faithful. Help us now to, to seek the wisdom that you would have us to seek. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, um, obviously we have a number of people in here that can answer and help with these questions, and, and I'm going to glean upon that wisdom as well. But, again, these are questions that we have addressed already this semester, um, but I would like to go back through and, and, to, um, and to address them once more. So um, don't be shy. Go ahead and, um, and ask away. Anything here that stands out to you? It's okay. I don't feel awkward up here. Was it uh, Mike? Number six. Mm -hmm. How do I know when my disciplinary actions in parenting are ineffective or not helpful in the future of my children and my child? Um, I oftentimes wonder about the ways in which I discipline the nest. You know, I mean, obviously, we're not in a position where we can, you know, give a <laughs> discipline, but we can use other, you know, methods that. Well, we run weeks off ourselves trying to come up with uh, methods. <laughs> sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, how do I know that these things are going to stick with her as she grows? Um, you know, and I, was, I mean, I think Mary and I have such different, different uh, ways in which we correct her, I think, are different. I'm a little more convenient, whereas biblically I'm probably supposed to be the one who's a little more stern. Uh, but you know, I, I don't know, man. I oftentimes wonder about uh, you know what kind of how am I shaping her? How am I how am I helping her shape her view of God and uh, that kind of thing? It's good, Mike. Um, uh, you guys um, that don't know Mike and uh, and Mary, uh, they they foster a child currently, and um, obviously in that context, it's different than um, those of us who have um, you know children that are that are ours biologically or through through the state. Um, uh, they are restricted in the ways in which they can discipline um, uh, their child, and so. Um, but the Lord does provide wisdom and understanding for how we can handle. Uh, discipline when it comes to these scenarios. So, um, this is uh, the questions that you were asking, Mike. I, they can be answered, I, I think, just straight across the board and in most of the, in uh, most all contexts. Um, number one, uh, I'd go back to kind of the later part of what you were saying, and that you and Mary have maybe different styles or approaches when it comes to the discipline process. Um, that's that's one of the critical areas when it comes to parenting is, is making sure that you're on the same page. And that's what we talked about 
um, early on is that parents uh, cannot be you know I'm I'm this way and then I'm that way you know you got your bad cop good cop you know scenario going on um, or you just there's inconsistency to where the child is you know looking this way and that way because mom's doing this this way dad's doing this this way and one either they're going to figure out how to work the system or two they're going to uh, begin to um, uh, rebel out of just sheer I don't I don't I don't know what to do and so making sure that the two of you are able to come together and create um, oftentimes what like Dr. Hager and others have, have mentioned that parenting plan where you come and you're on the same page of if this is happening this is how we are going to handle it you know dad or mom is going to be the authority within this scenario um, this is clear to the children they understand what the system is and what to expect so making that as clear as possible I think is 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 uh, is pivotal you know when our, it's just it's vital when it comes to the health of the parenting um, and relationship with the child so that's what I would address first is looking at making sure that parents are both on the same page and your in your your plan is set you know this is how we're going to handle it otherwise there's a great instability Jeff so as it pertains to the question of whether or not the, the discipline is, is effective. The reality is, you don't do it because it's effective. You do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the real drive is, like for example, people overanalyze: is spanking effective? Well, you do spanking because it's the right thing to do biblically, not because of projected outcomes. So you have to do the right thing and then trust the Lord. So you teach them well. You check your heart. You discipline biblically and trust the Lord for the outcome. And when you turn 60, you come back and look back and see if it's effective or not. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I mean, even Jay and I going through this class thinking, man, we did it all wrong. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, if Jeff and Jane are saying Lord, that, really none of us say Yeah, right. Trust the Lord. <laughs> That's good, Jeff. Um, yeah, I would, uh, you know, going going to that, Mike, and especially with you guys, and considering um, uh, your daughter there, um, it's just uh, obviously in that context, you're unable to do what what Jeff is saying. You you, you cannot spank. So um, so, what ways are you are you trying to utilize? And and I think that's where you take counsel and wisdom from others. Um, you you do have to go into maybe a schooling system where. You know TCS. How do they handle and address? Um, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> did did we sign off on that? Is that yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't suggesting you spank. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You have to be conventional biblically about what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. You'll spare your children and go grace with their life. That's really what you just beg the Lord every day that is this grace upon your children. Amen. The best you can. Yeah. Yeah, being faithful and consistent is gonna be your 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 two biggest assets and and that's you know uh, your uh, whether it's writing, you know, uh, verses that hopefully are gonna transform the heart of the child um, that you're praying for or whether it's having long conversations with the child about the habits or about you know these kinds of things um, whether it is uh, taking the opportunity to express um, how this affects 
everyone within the confines of your home. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of uh, avenues that you're going to try and, and go about that. But like what Jeff is saying, it's, it's a matter of you're trusting the Lord's outcome of that. You're being faithful to what he's called you to do in that and then trusting him for the fruit for that. Um, I did have a teacher who had permission to spank her nephew. She asked me, can I spank him? Can I take him in the closet? Are we going to spank him? I says, no. I can imagine somebody walking down the hallway, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> she's got permission. She's got permission. It's the, how, it, do you help, how do you help that in your marriage yeah. so that you can encourage each other to be more faithful to do what's needed and maybe balance each other out or encourage each other to be more proactive? So like the scenario of uh, dad comes home and this action happens and you think, eh, it's not that big of a deal. I'm going to handle it. I'm still going to correct and instruct. But to mom, that's happened five times or that's happened three times. And, and, and so... To her, it may be, I'm not saying that's the case with you guys, but uh, to her, that may be, uh, this is end. This is, uh, you're out of this world now. And, and so um, we're done. And, but to you, it's thinking, whoa, let's chill out. You know, this, uh, yeah, we're, I'll, t- I'll handle it. Yeah, how do, you, how do you go about doing that? I'm glad to, glad to work on that. But Mark, Jeff, you guys or anybody have any uh, influence there or wisdom? <laughs> I told him I wasn't going to put a chair up here for them to sit in, but I'm still going to call them. So. It's almost like you got to come home and get synced up real quick. Yeah, it goes, I don't know if you recall. Yeah. Like that's a scenario that can happen in our home. Yeah. And you come home and you're like, she's on the last knot of the rope. She's clinging tight. You just come in. Yeah. So right now we're all thinking. I'm home now, you know. Right so right, right now we're all thinking, I wonder which one's the strictest of scenarios. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we're thinking right now. Sure, yeah. So there's two things. One, I would suggest simply you have to have an understanding in the non-tense moments of what you're going to do in the tense moment. You know, whereas it's not in the heat of the moment that you try to figure that out because um, it doesn't usually work out too well. Uh, So there's already preconceived parameters that you want to work with. The other thing is once you've exhausted the the discussion 
I mean, the husband has to take the lead on what he deems is, is appropriate. And there comes a point where you want the husband to be the godly leader that he needs to be. He can't divert, he can't uh, pass that disciplinary work over to the, to the wife. And then, you know, so at some point, um, there has to be an agreement, perhaps disagree, but the husband needs to take the spiritual lead in that situation. How, how do you guys facilitate like a, a loving confrontation between a husband and wife where since for say for instance the husband is maybe had enough, he walks in the door, he's quick to move to spanking time immediately without any teaching or training or anything. And the mom's a little more compassionate, wants to be a little more you know, give a more lead time there. Um, so wife and husband can have differences of, of viewpoints, like the other one may not be doing their role properly. Mm-hmm. So how how would a conversation take place, or how should we think about our conversation when one parent should confront the other one about maybe um, some areas to regard about not, not reacting in anger, not having too harsh rules, these things we talked about in the disciplinary session. How can parents, our husband and wife, converse together lovingly without I would say that a lot of those t- accounts or times are brought about by already um, present maybe uh, constraints that are that are present. Thank you. Um, already present issues that are going on in that moment. You know, maybe there's just a, a lack of communication in that day or a lack of communication in that in that time period. And so, making sure that you're both aware of the circumstances and, and what's happening in that moment, but preemptively talking with one another and saying, hey, in these moments, you know, even if it's right now, you have to make that agreement that uh, in these type of scenarios, you have the open va- you know, avenue to, to interject and say, you know, Nate, can, uh, uh, can I handle this uh, this time? Can I go and, and confront this issue? Um, I mean, obviously, what Jeff is saying is important that we need to make sure the the head of the household is is confronting those issues on a regular basis. But especially if the spouse sees in the moment that the other spouse is at the end of their rope, you know, or at the end of of their ability to to be in self control and you know, by the spirit, um, then they need to go and they need to be apart and control. You know, ask the Lord to help control themselves, um, making that clear before one another. You know, so that you're um, you're able to interject in those moments. Um, I don't think in those moments that's going to take away or deter the authority within the structure of the house. Um, I can you can correct me on that, but um, I know that there is that balance that you don't want to undermine the authority of the other parents. Um, but in that way, if you're gracious and you're gentle, not just like whoa, you need to go chill out. And I mean that's. Uh, um, that can be a common response, and but just a, uh, honey, I love you um, in this moment, and and um, can you uh, can you go handle this for a second? Let me take care of Christian or or Anna, and and um, but if you're making your both of yourselves aware that that is potential, and and you know that it is because it is going to happen, um, you're already setting the stage, you know, for that. Like um, if I, I mean, it's it's planning. Is is uh, yeah, that's what your preventative you know, nature of of that parenting process? Um, because if you try and do that in the moment and you've not had that conversation, 
yeah, it's a, you know, you're you're going after the dog that's trying to eat its food, and that's not a good thing. So. It's a generally good idea to allow, like, have an agreement going into the pairing scenario where the other parent has the option to tap you out and say, go take a break. So, like, you can have that agreement sort of, you think one's being a little overbearing. Or is that, is that unbiblical to have something like that? Or is that actually a general I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it that way. What Cindy did was more effective that, and we raised all six boys and they were pretty tough, you know, pretty rough kids. But, yeah. So they, um, so she would never uh, try to interfere in the discipline up front. And the kids never knew that, that later on she would draw me in and we'd have a conversation. The correction, you know, encouragement and, you know, a new way to approach it was always in the absence of my kids knowing about it because the overbearing, you know, you're directing your, uh, if, it's, if it is anger, it's not right, but I mean, if you're, if you're being overbearing in your, your discipline, is far less damaging than inter- the parent, other parents interfering. <coughs> so, yeah, so you always go on the other end and then you say, you know, I was really rough, can you tell me why you did it this way, what happened? And then he won't even know that, or she won't even know that, hmm. you know, the kids. And that's how we corrected it constantly. We didn't do it in front of our kids because dividing the parents and they see that they're working against each other was far more damaging than me using a little more force than normal. Right. You know, so. hmm. I, I totally yeah. Yeah. Well, I so. think especially in that scenario, it provides a wonderful opportunity for humility and coming to your children it's like, hey, you can handle that totally inappropriately, like later behind closed doors. That what a wonderful opportunity for you to go to your children and, you know, hey, I apologize. Sure. React Certainly. that way. Um, or handling the situation that way. Why don't we try this? It's good. Yeah, I would say that I'm sorry. You know, I'm talking about I shouldn't have been angry when I did that. Right. But I'm not apologizing for the discipline. Right, and right. They, because a lot of times they'll think, well, you shouldn't have discipline. I say no. I'm not yeah. apologizing for this. Right. And I make sure I tell them the difference because they seem to go over the other side. Of yes. Yes. So I make sure I'm clear with them about that. And thank you for clarifying. Yes. Yeah. That's good. good question. It's better after the event to come. To yeah, parents. much better. Yeah. Because the parent loves the child. It might be hard on, harsh, overbearing, but that's it, not going to kill them. I think about Proverbs when it talks about them. You know, how the rods is used, and it won't kill them. You know, they may save their life. So there's times that you, you, know, you have to be careful that you, know, you don't want to keep doing that. So they're going to be resent, have resentment and bitterness. But at the same time, uh, the mom should be able to, or dad, whoever it is, be able to engage later. We have a lot of conversations with things like they weren't the suspects today. Nobody robbed a bank today. Oh, uh, well, yeah, okay. Little way that base. Yeah, because so you'll need to use your slapper or brass knuckles on the kids. Yeah. Okay, thank you. It's good. That'd be good to know that situations like that come about partly because God wants to build communication and cherish and irritation for our attention to Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, a sanctifying act regardless in all those situations, whether that's communication, whether that's just the, the reality of a lack of self-control within the, the parent. Um, and, I mean, it doesn't mean that you don't have reason to have self, to be self, con- or lack of self-control, but 
there's never an excuse for self, lack of self-control. We're to be in the spirit, walking in the spirit, to have self-control. And so all that is, that is a um, scenario that is erupting the lack of self-control out of your, your own heart. And, um, and that's, that's highlighting something that needs to be addressed. So going back to the, the, the heart of the issue, uh, the sin. So it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, like the Seeds Family Worship. So mm-hmm. there's this Easter piece they put out and they listen to it nonstop. And so she's been memorizing a lot of those. Um, I think that helps her um, at times when she's struggling with whatever she's talking about in her head. That is sometimes breaks out those behaviors. Um, so I think biblical teaching along with, you know, correction is the number one mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, the the uh, the discipline correction is going to bend the will, and and the the truth is what is going to transform the heart. You know, you're you're wanting to you know get to the heart of the matter, and the scripture is exactly what is going to transform the heart. The Lord will use it to do that, for sure. What about the other questions? Anything else? Or I could turn this around. And have you guys answer some questions? Since you've been taught, it's quiz time, right? For Exam. A, for a question 11, uh-huh. biblical terms, what are we talking about biblical terms there? And I'm just making sure, like, are we talking about fancy words such as, like, sanctification? Like, what, what are we looking mm-hmm. for there? And then, um, not necessarily why it's important. I, I think I understand, but I'm trying to look at what you're passing on. Yeah, that's good. So uh, this would be uh, looking at... Um, the words are going to coincide with uh, the uh, the age, 
you know, so uh, what is the child able to comprehend and understand? So, like my two-year-old, I'm not going to necessarily use the sanctification, uh, you know, so that's understood. Um, whereas maybe my nine-year-old, I might use that term. But also, um, just using terms uh, like sin, um, anger, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that was vengeful in the way you responded. Um, uh, using, using phrases like uh, temper tantrums and things like that, that's not necessarily a biblical uh, term. And so, um, uh, or uh, being uh, frustrated, or what's another good word for that that people use a lot of, a lot of times? Um, meltdowns, yeah, those are not biblical terms. We understand what we're saying, but what you're wanting to do with the child in, in that instruction part is helping them see that this is what God calls it. This is what uh, in biblical counseling we always go back to. You show them what God calls it, or you give them what God calls it. Correct me, Mark. Cindy, correct me. <laughs> Call it what God calls it. You give him. Yeah, yeah. You give them what what God provides to what He promises to use to correct that. So. Right. It's lack of self control. I don't. I let my kids get away with being ADD. It's a lack of self-control. Yeah. Why are you not in self-control? <laughs> so I help them work through that. Or just oppositional and defined. Well, now, being rebellious. And look what the Bible says about rebellious. Yeah. So I, I keep the terms on them because I want to connect them to the Lord and the Word. Exactly. That's not because I've got some agenda, you know, that, some rules that they have to follow. I'm just saying I can't, I can't explain from God's perspective if I don't use what God calls them. That's all. It's good. Does that make sense? Okay. In the training part two, they will use those terms, correct terms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When the sibling is tattling on the other one, utilizing scripture or those biblical terms, yeah, that's always encouraging. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Matt, I want to just throw some a little bit of a philosophical thinking that may get the juices flowing with the question. One of the consistent things I see in counseling help people sort of reorient and repent and get back on a biblical model for parenting just in that process is that one of the reasons they, they parent the way they parent are that they have a lot of guilt and um, reluctance in the consequences of spanking or just the consequences of saying no uh, not parenting with so much apathy you know, just, is that they're trying they feel like it's violating a friendship and so when they're, the younger the parent, the younger the child is the more you want to be a parent not a friend and then when your kids get older, they become your friend. It's funny how that works. But people usually don't want to be the bad guy when they're young. 
And so I, how many times when you spank them? Just helped the family last week. They were saying, well, I, I correct them all the time. I just don't want to overcorrect them all the time. And it's really out of control in the family. But his, the, the idea was he didn't want to come across as losing their friendship. And three- and four-year-olds don't need friends. Yeah. They need strong parents. Yeah. They can still love them, you know, encourage them. But, but the violation of, um, of friendship, so many people parent out of that motive that they don't want to lose the friendship and really they lose the power of parenting. Yeah. Authority in that parenting moment. Just a, a, something to think about. So, that goes into your question before about motivations for complicating parenting. You're motivated to make sure your, your child likes you or that you have some sort of relationship on a certain on a certain term that you want to have. That can be a motivation that complicates your approach, right? Yeah. So, it kind of goes with Jeff said about trying to control outcomes. If I do this, this, and this, then my kids are going to end up like this. It's just, there's no formula. We don't care. And if, I, if my kids used everything against me as kids, they would hate me today. Um, and some, so many of them, um, they just understood that process and holding it up against us. Because we're strong parenting. We're both cops. When we come home, we have to turn the switch off and try to be more you know, kind and you know, be so gentle and, you know so um, it was just like it was a, a work in progress but, but we maintained a consistent pattern of saying this authority can translate to God's authority so keep remembering that I'll never try to be their friend I figured they're all going to run away someday you know, they're all going to leave and never I'll have to live in an old folks home but, uh, but, they're, but they're all they all have a good relationship and Yeah, and what we're not saying is that you don't love your children. <laughs> I mean, obviously that, and that's what you have to love. Your children. You have to love uh, I know. <laughs> yeah. That's Mark's balance percent, you know, percentage-wise. So, um, no, I mean, and and he and Mark says this all the time. It's a, it's there's a, a relational side to it. You cannot neglect that, and yeah. and so you you love your children, and even in the correction side. You bring them in after discipline, and you love them, you shepherd them, you care for them in that moment, you nurture them. Um, but it doesn't mean that that is the the constant throughout all of the relationship that you're just always the good guy, and um, that's not your that shouldn't be your motivation. So those other I think Jeff go ahead. did a really good job on that, um, looking at his children overall, and I know it's not a perfect system, but he they. 
he and Jane parented really strong when they were young, but he was, as he became friends with them and had a different relationship, he's releasing them, getting them prepared for adulthood. Mm-hmm. So that's why the girls made transitions to adulthood, John Mark did, transitioning pretty well, and they, they just seem to get a pretty good handle on that, where a lot of people don't. They hold on to them too tight, yeah. or they, they're too loose when they're kids, or too, you know, too uh, inconsistent when they're, when they're really young, you know? Mm-hmm. But strong parenting up front, and then slowly having that relationship and transitioning them to adulthood and letting them go eventually. That's good. About blind spots, maybe as a parent, where you, you think you're you got your child under control, and maybe they're you're unaware of ways they might be being manipulated by your child by maybe behavior that looks good at first, but behind your back, back gets turned, something is going on. Maybe you get the. I got Ask the nursery workers how your children are What's even better is when the nursery workers say, "Man, your kids are so good and at home." It's like. <laughs> That question of number six of how are those disciplinary actions and parenting effective or ineffective? It's how they're acting when you're not around, right? Sure. So, and I think that just kind of that question just exemplifies the importance of the church body. Because mm. I was thinking the same thing of like, if you're in nursery, you know, um, it's so important, I think. I, and I'm just saying nursery because I work in nursery, but like, for when you have the parents come and get their kids and like telling them the things that they're doing right and telling them the things that maybe they're struggling with and telling them and having that open communication with them so that they can see and they are aware of how they are acting when their parents aren't there. Um, And I know, especially as a parent, like that is hard, but that's why like I trust the people in this church to tell me the truth. And I trust them to tell me, hey, your kids are acting like this, either positive or negative. And it can be something that I work on at home. And so I think in, in the same vein, I think it's, that's why the church body is so important in raising your children. It's not just about parenting, parenting, but within the importance of the context of the church body as well. That's good. That's what I had in mind, too, because I was thinking, you know, I want, I want my children to also be under the watch care of other adults in my church, trusted right. adults who can their character and might see tendencies that I don't see or that I'm blind to and help me identify them and, you know, build their parent profitably in that way. Sure, certainly. Yeah, we're not not necessarily saying that we're looking for the village mindset, but it's... uh, but at the same time, you're looking for the local body, the assembly that Lord's ordained you to be with, and um, you have to cultivate that, and then um, also make it clear that, that you're open to that. Because um, I think another thing is, <laughs> yeah, we may be very easily, you know, offended, you know, because or you may offend someone very easily by just coming in and say, "Hey, did you notice? Have you had issues with uh, Johnny?" knocking people over the head with frying pans in here or you know, at home or, you know, is that, is that normal? And, uh, um, and I mean, you know, for a mom that, that could be like, you just shot her, you know, in the heart, you know, because no, not my little Johnny, but you're working, you're working, trying to, to help them, you know, see that reality and, and just say, I noticed this, but it goes back to what 
uh, Katie said, you're trying to also encourage by saying, you know, he did these other things. Yeah, he may have knocked these three kids in the head, but there were these times where, <laughs> but uh, but not that you have to have positives every every five negatives or something. But uh, yeah, it's it's good to it's good to have positive too. So. <laughs> So um, I don't try to worry about that. I just parent what I see and what I know. Yeah. Because though the Bible says this, your sin will find you out, I know that they're going to mess up in the process, and I'll find out. I'll address it, talk to them about it, and then engage with them. And I know that uh, I don't worry. I don't start to worry about it. I would say I would. It's more so on the side of, um, you know, uh, I, I would probably be uh, reacting more if. If, you know, in, in the confines of everywhere else, the child is acting one way and then, you know, and at home they're, you know, just a rebellious, you know, heathen. And, and so you're able to address that, obviously, but what's going on in the heart of the child that, you know, they're going to perform well in front of everybody else? You know, what is it that's motivating them to do that? You know, and then even check your own heart. Are you modeling that, you know, for the child? You know, that this is how we do. So... Or that's what you expect, you know. We're we're this way at home, and then but you got to put your happy face on when we go everywhere else. What would uh, number Yeah, I think this is kind of what we were talking about last week a little bit um, uh, when it comes to um, the parent as encourager um, in that uh, you're not always the, the no parent. So you're not always just coming and saying, no, 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 don't do this, don't do that, don't do these things. Um, but you're also coming alongside them and building them up and the positives of the, you know, the good things, not that you're uh, self-esteem motivated or anything like that. It's just a matter of you're also coming to, to encourage them in, in their walk. Um, but uh, you're also not restricting them to the point to where they're going to you know, be completely uh, neglected in the, in, the, in the ways in which you're also trying to let the line out on them. That's what we talked about, how we want to be able to release them a little bit, have the rope, what Mark was talking about, like with Jeff and them. It seemed like they were able to allow the child later on as they go to have some leeway. They may make mistakes, but you're able to bring it back in and talk about that and encourage them in the right direction. But if you're just always that individual that's correcting and saying, no, you cannot do this, no, and you're putting, putting those expectations upon them, um, you're setting up a system that could be very... Um, even you, you, you create little Pharisees. We talked about that, you know, in your own home to where they're going to abide by all the laws, but in their own heart, they're thinking and feeling this one way. And when they do get that freedom, then everything's just released. So um, are you asking then what does that look like and how do you... Yeah, actually, we, we didn't talk about all that last week, but part of it was the encourager part. But yeah, yeah. Um, you guys have anything to add on that? You know, as far as details, when it comes to um, how much appearance parents enforce rules of the home. 
how do you overstep in doing that? It's important to be mindful to encourage your children because they can go in the strength of a good, good encouragement for about three days. If you, if you notice things that they're doing well that are moving in the right direction towards biblical godliness and recognizing that, that's hugely important because we can become very critical and just negative. Um, and, and probably, probably pointing out important areas in biblical parenting, but get too heavy, heavy on that side. But encourage that encouragement lesson you gave last week was, was helpful to kind of get the full spectrum of what the parenting responsibility is. We also encourage. Another aspect of this is that. Um, if you're always laying rules and principles or laws down and you're expecting your child to obey them, which is important for you to do, and maybe your child is always rebelling against those or doing these things, um, and yet you're never finding those th- ways to encourage them. Um, I've seen this in the, in the context of, of larger groups when others are over, overseeing children and they maybe see a specific pattern in a child within that context that's all the time happening and that child maybe gains a reputation and this can happen in your own home with multiple children where this child yeah it's just expecting that they're going to act in this certain way and so you just you just become uh, it becomes expected that they're going to do this thing so you're automatically coming to them saying i'm going to respond in this way to the child because inevitably they're just going to be sinful when maybe you know, the Lord's already working in their heart, and they're going to turn and respond in a different way. Uh, you need to be ready for the different, the new, to come and be present. And um, and some, because sometimes when you know whether it's a teacher or a leader in a class, and they know the reputation of that child, and and so they come after that child hard in the moment. You know when that child is responding actually in a positive way, that could be detrimental to them, just cutting and closing them off in that moment as well. I have a friend that was helping in St. Louis um, that's you know parenting issue problems and he had a third grade third grader that was really bad, pretty bad. Slugged teacher, ran out of school, third grade, many times, pretty problematic. And I came when he came from his house he, he had a big calendar there and had happy faces and sad faces. So what's this? He said, well, that's kind of an encouragement for him to know that when he gets a happy face, we get him ice cream, a sad face, he loses TV, you know, and it just off and on. And it, they were doing this for months, months and months, and it was just a technique of behavioral modification. Right. Never took the time to train him how to live and bring glory to God, including the discipline side of it, how that brings glory to God. Reading Hebrews 12, you know. Yeah. So I completely restructured it for him, and I said, this is a form of psychology that just, just you're shifting around the uh, behaviors is all you're doing. You're not really helping them look at the motivations of his heart and seeing how this is not bringing glory to God. Yeah. And it was really eye-opening to him, and I found out a lot of people do that. Yeah. They live for good days and bad days. That's, that's not how I regulate my children's behavior. Yeah, yeah and to go back, what, what does encouragement mean, like the encourager? Uh, that you're going back and the motivation is you're always pointing them back to their faithfulness to the Lord. It's not like, oh, you're pleasing mom and dad because you've responded nicely or kindly in this moment. I mean, yeah, you want, <laughs> you, you, 
you're obviously wanting to to show the child that you love them, but ultimately your 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 motivation should be your desires for them to be faithful to the Lord and say that that was a good response. You you acted a, immediately and you did that immediately, and that pleases the Lord. It's not like oh you please Daddy in this moment. You're pleasing the Lord in this moment. So that's where the encourager encouragement point comes from. I think the difficult part of that too, and maybe this is you know, just rehashing, but um, I think many of us, at least I'll speak for myself, tend to focus on those negative things, or those things that our kids are doing wrong, right? Like, you are not getting this. Like, how do you not get this? But then in those little glimmers, <laughs> when they are getting it and they are showing, um, that's where you know we have to be patient in capturing that and, and encouraging in that. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that's what can be difficult too. What else? What other questions you guys have? I was just say number two. What's the secret? What's the secret of changing the heart of my child? What do you guys think? What do you know? I should say. What's the secret? God can change the heart, so I think that it's still in Scripture. And um, I think that it's important. I mean, I just look at home quality, little girl, and the guy's own heart, that I, if Vanessa acts up and does something out of anger, What does the Bible say about about man? Go back to the very beginning. First uh, Corinthians two, fourteen. What does it say? Yeah, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And so it begins with the Lord and his work in the heart of the child. And so your faithful responsibility is to always point them to God, pointing them to Christ, pointing them to the reality of who is able to change their heart. And yeah, that's going to be utilizing scripture. Um, You know, just because it says these natural things or these things are not able to be discerned by the natural man. um, God is the one that uses that word to soften the heart and transform the heart through the work of the Spirit in them. But that's ultimately where it begins, is that you're praying consistently with your child, for your child, with your spouse, for your children. You're praying for other people's children. Uh, you're praying um, praying that you are a faithful example before your children. 
you're modeling that for them. And this is what the Lord expects. This is what the Lord deserves uh, in my obedience to him. And even to the point of discipline and correction, like I would be disobeying the Lord if I were not correcting you in this way, if I were not disciplining you in this way. And so even in that moment, you're showing your faithfulness, you're pleasing to the Lord by being his representative before this child. So what's the secret to changing the heart of my child in the parenting process? The secret is going back to the source of the transformation, and that is the Lord. Rick? Mr. Boyer? Deuteronomy 6 gives us very specific instructions. If we want our kids to know God, they have to know His Word. If they want to know His Word, they have to be exposed to it. Deuteronomy 6 says that we are to speak of the things of God for a specific time. Lie down, rise up, and sit in your house when you walk by the way. Mm-hmm. Our kids were growing up, my wife saturated the home with scripture. Bedrooms had Bible story curtains on the windows, character quality, biblical character quality quilts on the beds. Um, she'd have she'd have a picture that she transposed from a Bible story book illustrating the circle, like compassion. Here's the good Samaritan. Here's the guy who's going off his donkey's been beat up. Here's a good Samaritan. She'd have the character quality compassion on one side, put the quilt over in the same spot on the other side, and get the Bible. When you lie down, when you rise up, very important teaching. In fact, Psalm 16, 7, says, I will bless the Lord who has counseled me, indeed my mind instructs me in the night. And then David talks in his Psalms about the night watches and so forth. And so those lying down and rising up, the last thing that they see in their environment at night reminds them of God. The first thing they see when they wake up in the morning. And when you sit in your house, meal times, devotional times, when you, when you walk by the way, uh, drive in the car. You can have scripture CDs playing or whatever. But there's just uh, four particular specific teaching times. We tend to think that like, we tend to think that it just means you light up the rise of the national well, means all the time. Well, that's specific. And if we design projects to use those specifics, then we're programming scripture into our kids. Mm-hmm. And then as you were saying, you've got to model it or you've got to destroy everything you're trying to do. And uh, I've said that. It's good to have the saturation of the word, but you have to have a conversation too. Conversation. So every time you have a strong correction, you need to have a good conversation. So the person, this is what Paul Tripp talked about, your child, etc. You have to be asking these questions. What are you trying to accomplish? What do you think you're doing that? How do you think that it helps somebody? Is this going to bring glory to God and family? And you're trying to affect their conscience. You know that they don't know spiritual things. Mm-hmm. But you have to have a good conversation, even if you're going to do a good correction. So you have to shepherd their heart by involving them in the thinking process yep. as well. And then you do like Rich said. Rich said every change you get, you use scripture to help them. But it's not it's not a magic trick. You got to be able to involve their involve their thinking and reasoning on some of that, and I still stay strong on my discipline, but I have a lot of good conversations up front. The question that kind of bounce off of that, though, I guess, is um, tips and tricks for having those good conversations. 
So I feel like for me, especially, like I stumble over those conversations and it takes much longer than probably it should have. <laughs> or then my children are like, okay, and then they don't get it because they've moved on to the next thing. Because um, I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to say it and, and stumble through it and find the scripture. Or, and by the time that, you know, I get there, it's like 20 minutes later and they're six. So they moved on. So, um, yeah, they don't remember what the issue is. I think that's my that's another follow-up question, I guess. But you're doing it now, so by the time they have the attention span to listen, you'll be there. There you go. That's a good way to look at it. It's a skill that's to be learned. Yeah, you're staying faithful and consistent. Obviously, yes, you have to be concise. And um, Jackie helps helps remind me of that very often. And uh, and uh, the talking and the teaching aspect of it, you know, that um, not only will the the child remind me that they're 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 ready to be done as well, but you know, Jackie helps remind me that this uh, is not an expository sermon, Matt. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. so, yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Look, hey, kids. Kids. Kids have all the good questions at bedtime. So, and so I've uh, I've started using that phrase with that Jeff said was no, there's no chapter two. So yeah, he said yeah, there's no chapter two at bedtime. So yeah. Um, but there there's a lot of resources uh, too. Even uh, Katie, I'm not calling you out. I'm sorry. I'm just saying there's a there's a lot of a lot of good resources, like just even just the the bedtime devotions with the kids and those kinds of things that you can go through. I think if you're constantly, you know, just working through those, you know, three minute, five minute things with the kids, and they'll spur on questions that throughout the day you can help work through those. Um, and then um, every opportunity you take to to share a little more, a little little nugget of truth, that's going to spur them on to that the greater desire for truth it's good it's good but you have to be con- like I said just be consistent with it faithful to it well let's go ahead and uh, close the word in prayer close in a word of prayer and uh, thank you guys for uh, for being here Father we are thankful uh, for the faithfulness of, of those that have uh, instilled the truth into our lives who have been faithful to direct and guide and mold and shape us um, in the way of, um, of following after you. Um, we are grateful, uh, Lord, they may be uh, biological parents, they may be uh, spiritual parents, um, many in here coming from homes that maybe they did not have that type of influence, and, and yet there was, there was someone that helped guide them through this, and that's what we are in need of on a regular basis of, of how do we do this better, how do we do this well, and we thank you that you would providentially instruct and put people into our lives that would help us along the way so that as we go along the way with our children, we can
point them to Christ. We can point them to you and to show them that you are the uh, the way, the truth, and the life. And um, I pray that we would be faithful to that, that we would honor you as we do it. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.